I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for Stage 8 of the Tour de France from the Dole to Lausanne. They go into Switzerland today. 186k stage. I thought it was a nailed-on breakaway stage, sort of rolling medium mountains with not too difficult a finish. It's like a 5k, 4.5% stepped finish with the first kilometer and a half at about 6.5%. Then there's flat and a false flat downhill. Then another one kilometer, 8% punch for it levels off for a 500-meter false flat uphill finish. Like the sort of break that went, you'd expect Morich, Sturven, Bagioli, Honore, these type of riders to get in it. If it went to a finish, Art, Pidcock, Matthews, Punchers from the bunch, Vlasov as well. The question would be, what would Yumbo do today? The intermediate sprint was about, let me do some quick maths, 9Ks after a 6.5K 4% climb. So would Jumbo Visma pace the climb really hard to try and drop Jakobsen and get some good intermediate sprint point gains? So yeah, lots of interesting things on this stage. And I was wrong, Benji, because when the break was forming, it looked like Bike Exchange, UAE and Jumbo were not letting more than three or four guys go at a time. Yes, certainly. And there's like there's a few things that happened at the uh, start of the stage. We saw when the break was forming, the typical ruler breakaways tried to get a bra- away initially. And it really came down to a crash that caused the final breakaway getting away. And it was a crash that involved Pogacar. So he looked to be all right after that crash. Let's be honest about it. I think something happened where someone had to break near the front. I think it was Kevin Vermark that caused someone to have to break. And as a consequence, basically, people fell over him. Quintana fell pretty hard on the right of the road. And uh, eventually, Pogacar had an avoidable crash, in my opinion, near the back of the group. And that was actually the green light for a breakaway that launched a tiny bit earlier, a three-man breakaway to actually get away. And that included the likes of Fred Wright from Bahrain, Mattia Cataneo as well in that breakaway. And to be honest, like those two riders alone are pretty damn strong riders in the breakaway when it comes to keeping tempo. Frederic Frison also joining that. So a three-man breakaway. And like you said, it was when the riders from the crash, well, basically the team of Ineos and also the team of Jumbo were at the front of the peloton when the crash happened. And Ineos basically put a block on it because Thomas was also involved. And when that happens, you know that Yumbo is in a, in a position of like, okay, do we pace? Because uh, Thomas and Pogacar are down. But I don't think they could because they'd have the reputation of, uh, oh, the internet will be all, all over them for doing that. But they basically stop for a bit. The break goes out to 1 minute 30 or something, roughly, before we see UAE coming up to the front of the peloton again. And then a complete block is put on the peloton. Like... Is the crash a reason that a small breakaway went or would it have been a small breakaway anyway? Uh, I think it would have because the quick step just already had a guy in it. So they're not going to try with Honoré and Bagioli. Trek are kind of a bit poor, to be honest. 
Trek just not been great at this race, so they're another team. Bahrain are in there, so Morich won't try. And it's really EF that are missing. So And Court looks a bit ragged, So because obviously cause he's been ch- uh, chasing KOM. So, yeah, it's maybe it would have stopped there. Maybe they would have kept trying for a little bit. I'm not sure. Maybe they would have formed on the climb. The climb was much faster than I expected. It wasn't very difficult at all. Um, but it would... Be a difficult day for Ben O'Connor on Azure Desert Citroen. His teammate Bouchard was out of the race with COVID. Actually, the first rider to be to test positive for COVID in an ASO race in three years in the third season of COVID. Um, incredible statistic. Uh, and that was also followed by Vergaard Steker Langen out of the race, one of the rulers, along with Bjerg. Uh, Bjorg's still in the race, but Stekelang was one of the two rulers that UAE have on the team. He's out of the race with COVID. So it was curious to me that with a three-man break, with Jumbo Visma refusing much to the annoyance of a lot of the peloton in the first week when they had the yellow jersey, when they had the stage favorite, they refused to pace. Now UAE have the yellow jersey. They have one of their rulers out, and they have a finish with Suits Pagacha. And Wout, instead of trying to get in the break, um, has the team pace <laughs> all day. So uh, Roglic would not be getting the easy day that maybe he mm-hmm. he would have hoped for. So I guess, yeah, uh, that's what happened. So that's the inherent difficulty in balancing GC and the ambitions of going for green or for stages. No, so it's just I, difficult. I feel like I, I need to be a bit harsher on this. I feel like... We've had Long Wee. Long Wee is behind us. A situation where Wout going into that three-man breakaway causes the peloton to chase that breakaway. If a larger breakaway went without Wout, that break likely wins that Long Wee stage. Like, very likely wins the Long Wee stage. And because Wout's in that breakaway, Pogacar is able to snatch a 10 seconds bonus at the finish line because that breakaway is being caught. As UAE probably wouldn't chase a breakaway of seven with Laporte, the break that went earlier at that stage. And now on this stage, we get a breakaway of three that gets away. And in all honesty, when I saw that, I was like, I don't know, it's it's rather small. Some other teams might be interested in controlling it. But if if Yumbo does not control it, this break might actually make it because it was solely bike exchange carrying then. Perhaps a Cosnefa with Ajazer might have actually popped in towards the end. But I feel like Yumbo pacing today was basically saying that, okay, we are willing to exchange another four seconds because I saw Pogacar getting a top three on the stage if this went to a sprint from the peloton, 100%. And if they start chasing in the peloton, they basically say, we're willing to give bonus seconds to Pogacar over Jonas in exchange for a stage win with Wout. And I'm not sure I'm okay with that after what happened in Long Wee. And that's my take. If I speak, I'll be in big trouble. Everyone knows my view on it. Stages of... Uh exposure my journals fly forever and you gotta ask yourself why you're here but anyway they paced the break it was actually a pretty sleepy stage compared to the others um there really wasn't too much that happened in the middle of the stage uh Fanart took the maximum is points at the intermediate sprint from the group Jakobsen did contest it they didn't drop Jakobsen. philipson Philipson was back contesting it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. Alphys and Phoenix, nothing makes sense over there in this Tour de France. Um, but 
The men's Tour de France is now well underway, which means the Tour de France Femme of Swift is just around the corner, starting on the last stage of the men's Tour de France. That afternoon, the women's race kicks off with a short sprint stage on the Champs-Élysées. Watch out for Lorena Vibers on that, or Voss and Co. All the big stars will be there, and Swift is celebrating with a Watch the Fam mission that has kicked off, complete up to eight. Watch the fam events on Zwift for your chance to unlock in-game kit, but also unlock Tour de France fam of Zwift leaders' jerseys signed by their eventual winner. Head to Zwift.com to find out more or to start your free seven-day trial if you haven't signed up already. So uh, Nathan Van Hooydonk was on the front today with Christopher Yule Jensen. I think for Bike Exchange, pacing a lot. For Bike Exchange, I get it. Like, of course, Matthews is not the favorite against Wout Van Aert. He, but... They have no other reason for being here. And also, if he comes second, he gets 50 UCI points. Like, yeah. that's actually, I, I, you know, I support it. Obviously, I'd like to get Matthews in the Matthews in the break with Durbridge, I think, gives him a much better chance of winning. Um, yeah. But he doesn't go in breaks. We saw that in the Volta last year. And so this is just rinse and repeat strategy from them. Like, if you don't learn once or twice or three times, don't expect them to learn the fifth time. Um, but yeah, it was going to the finish, Benji. I was praying in the narrow running to Lausanne in the street that everyone would keep it upright. I didn't see any crashes today. That was really good to see. And Yumbo take it off the front. Fred Wright makes it the last out of the breakaway out of Catania and Frison, although Catania, I think, got combativity. Wright looking good. Ruler for Bahrain victorious. But he's reeled in. Ineos for pacing. I was... I thought they'd almost try and set up a train for Pidcock today, Benji. Mm-hmm. Like, he... This stage really suits him. Like, yeah. but his positioning, I don't know. They seem to be, to me, Ineos, Benji, Yates, Martinez, Thomas, Pidcock, all riding separately. And that's for <laughs> a lot of riders. Like, yeah. none of them are working for each other, right? I feel like, I feel like Pidcock has been more to domestique this true, race. That's, I feel like that's on true. the cobbles, that was the case. I swear I saw on some other stage where he played an essential role at keeping someone together or to the front. And I think. I'm not 100% sure, but on Plange Belfi, he finished in the group of Martinez, which suggested to me that he helped Martinez to get as close as possible. But I could be wrong on that. I'm not 100% sure we didn't see footage of that group. But I feel like Pitcock's the more domestique type. I feel like I'm surprised that Yates is still that close. Is that me? I think Plange Belfi, I thought he'd do better. Martinez, mm. I think, should fold into a domestique role like Giro 2021 style. It doesn't seem to be working out for him. I think they have to pick two guys and they can't keep protecting three. I think it's too many. And yeah, I think they have to burn Martinez or maybe they're just waiting for the Alps. I'm not particularly sure. Anyway, we get onto the climb. Pagacha moves up himself at the start. He's like, his team's nowhere to be seen. Moves up. Bora pacing for Vlasov, who obviously they had confidence in. So, like, he can't be sick, Benji. I know Vlasov didn't win, but he can't be sick if they're pacing for him or injured. That wouldn't make sense. I think it was Groschartner or Conrad. No, it's it Conrad, not Groschartner, because Groschartner's Austrian champ. Pacing on the front and just pulling, pulling, pulling the whole of the first climb. Doesn't really drop anyone except Domestiques. This is not a selective finish, really. It's just a hardish finish uphill. And then they get onto the flatter section. McNulty comes from deep. This is what we always see with McNulty, Benji. <laughs> this is the problem with yeah. UAE too. McNulty got good watts. Mm-hmm. But when it's time for him to start pulling, Micra and Pagatra are looking around like, where's Brandon? Because he because <laughs> he, he can't maintain position. 
So they have to wait. And so he has to move up. And then he starts pacing. And then for the bigger boys, they get a little bit of a rest and they get to sit on the wheel. And yeah, he starts pacing. I didn't. Was there any point where you were like, oh, wow, looks like they could put pressure on Wout? I, I just saw no world where Micah and McNulty could actually put pressure on Wout on this parkour because he dropped the whole Tour de France peloton on a 1K 7% climb <laughs> in Calais. I think so as well. Like, throughout the entire climb, when I looked at Wout Fanart, he was so damn comfortable. There was one scenario where I was like, okay, something's going on here. He has to react or do something. Is that even a good idea? Let's talk about it now. So... We see that McNulty's in second position behind Micah. On that climb, Micah's actually pacing, McNulty in second wheel, and McNulty's actually not able to follow Micah's wheel and drops from in between Micah and Pogacar. So Pogacar jumps to Micah's wheel to close the gap because McNulty is, is falling through. And we see that I think Jonas was in his wheel and another rider. I can't place which rider was. Perhaps Viermos could be or someone else. Yeah, yeah, it was someone him, in the him. peloton. Okay. And a group of four kind of becomes forming at the front because a tiny gap opens up behind the fourth rider. Wout van Aert is not in fifth position, I think sixth or seventh position. So Wout has to come past two riders and close the gap to the front. And I think that was the moment where I was like, okay, he can close this comfortably. He's going to be able to hold on towards the end of this thing. But what's your take on Wout van Aert closing that? Uh, well, I think Wout sitting on Jonas' wheel... Mm-hmm. I guess was messing up his sprint a little bit because if Jonas is on Pog's wheel when Pog kicks, we know he can't hold his wheel. And so Wout's going to have to close that gap. But I think he was also maybe trying to be like, well, I want to protect Jonas' back wheel. And so Jonas doesn't get shuffled back and lose time. Uh, and I think Poggy was mainly just trying to get bonus seconds today. I think he knows if he doesn't get boxed, there's not three guys faster than him. There's one for sure. There might be two, but there's not three faster than him if he doesn't get boxed in, as we saw in the sprint the other day in this sort of finish. He's faster than Pidcock, Betty or Crone type guys, and Vlasov. Um, and so we basically see Micah pulling, pulling, pulling. He's dying. There's no, He's not dropping anybody. It's just the slowest lead out ever, and we're just waiting to see who will counterattack. And I almost thought the philosopher, Guillaume Martin, was going to make a move, but he didn't. He did that sort of thing in uh, Paranis stage to Cherubla, maybe in 2021, uh, but he didn't. And we see an Ash Desert rider move up. Wow, gets boxed a little bit. I'm like, oh, no, he's not going to be able to extricate himself. He has enough time. Bling opens up too early. Pogacar on his wheel. Wow, comes from Pogacar's wheel and wins the stage comfortably with Matthew second, which is a nice 50-point haul. Of course, he wants the stage, but... You know, come second. This is exactly as we expected. Pagacha third, Krohn fourth, Betiol fifth, Vlasov sixth, Benjamin Tomas seventh, Jonas eighth, Jungles ninth. So I think Jungles is got, obviously should be freed. He can win a break somewhere. Uh, Pidcock tenth, Roglic finishes in the group. I'm trying to look. Menke's lost seven seconds actually. Uran loses more time. And I can't really see any other GC contenders uh, having any issues. Philipson. Loses a minute 11, I think. Yeah, that's his green least, ambition's gone. Yes, but at least they didn't pace for him today compared to long we where they to. did pace. <laughs> they did like keep him towards the front at the end, find the pool doing work and so forth. But I find that a thing that you must do. You must try to at least do something on a stage. At least they didn't spend the entire stage pacing for it. But 
Now that we've got the outcome of the stage, what's your take on like, yeah, we said it earlier, like, Wout Fanard gains 50 points for green, which is huge. Like, let's be honest about it. He's now 200. 264. Uh, 264? Oh my yeah. God, that's significant. <laughs> yeah. And that means that within a day or three, he might be near the amount that he needs to secure green, which is insane. And it's promising for Yumbo in oh, the no, he's already second won, right? part of this. It's impossible to has lose he? green. Impossible, like mathematically. He, oh, he has to DNF. Because there's, so, yeah. there's third, no, 12 intermediate sprints left. If he takes 10th place or whatever in all of them, he'll be on like 370 points or something. And Jakobsen's 115 points behind. It's, it's impossible. He's, he's already won green. But going back to my previous argument at the start of today's stage, like the four seconds versus the stage win, does the fact that Wout gets so secure in the green jersey counter that point where no. his help on stages where he might have gone for intermediate sprints in the future might that take back four seconds indirectly in the future he'll still have to go for intermediate sprints um mm -hmm. whether he has to go in the breakaway on the carcasson stage maybe those sort of stages uh have we had the saint etienne stage yet no i don't think so those sort of stages yeah maybe he'll be back um but yeah listen I understand that the way I look at cycling and this stage is probably not very popular and for the Belgian public and the Yumbo sponsors, <laughs> it makes absolute sense what happened today and it was a great outcome. But um, I, ju I just frankly don't care about stage wins and all I see is Tadej Pogacar extending his lead by ten over 10% over Jonas Vingegaard who went toe-to-toe -to -toe with him yesterday. And if this was Ineos or Peak Sky and they had Kwiatkowski, we know how it plays out. They're not going to pace for um, Kwiatkowski to win a stage so that Froome or Thomas or Bernal or Wiggins would lose time. They're not going to do it because the Tour de France, okay, it was won by five minutes last year. It's a lot closer this year. And we've got the Calais stage, fine. Wow, well, didn't wait, whatever. 50-50, they got caught anyway, fine. Long wee, I've already said my piece on that. Cost Jonas time and Roglic and energy. And today, you lose another four seconds. So you can't say that the green fight and Wout hasn't affected GC. It's probably cost Jonas like 30 seconds. At worst, 15 at best. At I'd say at least 14 is what I'm currently at. Long we plus this stage. Like, I don't know... Yeah, not including where... Calais. Calais? Not as including in... Calais, it's about 14. If you say they would have been caught, you can't include Calais because it's a hypothetical that Jonas would have taken time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true, true. Yeah. I was so, confused for a second. <laughs> I... But yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a negative person. But I'm not. It's not true. I'm just thinking about GC. <laughs> I just think about GC and I probably... You're underestimating the importance if you're, a, if you're not a robot and you're a human. The Yumbo Visma bus gonna be, and team going to be really happy today. A lot of morale. Uh, they want a stage. Like, wow, it's going to be happy. That's the human difference. Uh, and you could say that grossly outweighs a mere four seconds. If Wout's more motivated to help Jonas and free to help Jonas in the rest of the race, that counts much more than four seconds. So that's the counter-argument. I get it. Um, 
I just, yeah. What do you think, Benji? I want to ask the people, what do you think about it? Drop it in the comments, like, lots of time we give our opinions on stuff, and this is the kind of topic where I want to hear your opinion of, because, like, some people might actually like to see Wout win more than these four seconds, because one could say, oh, these four seconds won't make the difference, but I'm mainly talking about these multiple stages now, gaining Pugacar seconds over Jonas, and... I really care about seeing your takes. Drop it on Twitter at Lantern Rouge CP on Twitter or in the comment sections of uh, of YouTube, and uh, I'll be reading it tonight. Because you got to, from my perspective, Jonas, it's pretty much guaranteed he drops Pagatra on the Grenon stage or out the West stage. I think the question is not if he drops him; it's does he take thirty or forty or a minute? And so this is why those seconds matter because I think yeah he will. He will drop him there, and but he's not going to put three minutes into him. Uh, that's the thing. Anyway, tomorrow's stage is another interesting one, and I'm not sure how many green jersey points are on offer, but it's 193 k's long. The intermediate sprint is after a sort of extended climb, but pretty shallow gradients, 56 k's in. Probably the breakaway has already gone by then. And then there's two, uh, one soft climb, 13 k's, 4%. Then the Col de la Croix. 8k 7.5%, descent, about a 15k flat valley, and the longest climb of the race to date on stage nine before the first proper rest day on Monday, the Padamorgian fake news climb. This leaves from the UCI headquarters in Aigle, which I had the misfortune of visiting during the Dauphin. Nah, it's not true. I'm going to I'm being such a negative fuck this pod. Um, it was actually quite nice, the headquarters <laughs> in Angle. Like in other circumstances, I would have liked to have visited. Um, I was just really busy. Um, so yeah, yeah that guy be, with would, the fuck the UCI sign on yeah, the right side. Well, of the I'm just why am I being so negative? Um, <laughs> I gotta lighten up a little bit. Um, it's a tour de France, but yeah, at least from Angle, it is. It should be like cool. There'll be UCI, and hopefully a lot of the riders who are on the uci um i'm not sure what it's called the academy or whatever like the riders who are from overseas who ride uh stay in eagle that'll be cool they'll get to watch the start of the tour de france so that starts there then it goes back into france and this 15 and a half k 6.2 percent climb it's like the monteguel stage we referred to this in the uh climbs of the tour de france article from nychaka it levels off at the end and then there's a descent for about 10 kilometers maybe no less than 10 kilometers five kilometers and then a sort of 4k 4.6 percent finish um what is this stage this has to be break i don't see any other option don't you remember what we said about the stage my man oh stage nine of the Tour de france the lutsenko stage my friend oh yeah <laughs> he might be close in gc Oh no! I, nah. He is. He's I on four forty nine. <laughs> He's kind of been providing for GC. <laughs> if he gets in the break four forty nine, I'm saying if I'm UAE, I'm. Nah, it depends. It's still no, close to you, where you need to control it a bit. Not you can't really. Go Ten minutes. Eleven. You can give him two, so you yeah. can pace the Six. break at seven minutes, and then you'll bring it back at the yeah. end. True. Yeah. But, um, but hmm. like turns, we're closing in. We're closing in towards the Alps. We've said two stages in a row now that the break will win and two stages in a row, or three stages in a row, we said the break will win and three stages in a row, we had the Peloton winning instead. Do you think there's an opportunity tomorrow that that happens again or is there just no way that it happens tomorrow? 
I mean, I've been wrong on how active the Peloton has been. I just, mm-hmm. I'm not, I just keep thinking that they're going to take a day off and they're going to let the break go. And it just, it's just not happening. Like teams are wanting to go from the group. And um, yeah, I just, I'm not reading them very well. Well, at Blanche de Belfi, I read okay. But yeah. I think that's, again, I think this is Shackman and uh, Kamner and Conrad and Groschartner in the break. Has to be, right? Like, you can't them. chain them for Vlasov. Two of the four will be in the break. <laughs> Has to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. With Paulit as the tugboat at the start? Yeah, tug buddy. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to this stage, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to say that there is no bloody way that the peloton wins this stage. It is non-existent, the chances. It's going to be a breakaway. I'm calling it, and it's probably not even that small of a chance that it is a, a breakaway so i'm patting myself on the back a bit too much here for a stage that is a decent breakaway stage in my opinion but when it comes to riders that could go for it we saw Goldu crash overhead he's still close on gc Pinot is the kind of rider right right down for a stage like this but he got hit in the face by a musette <laughs> yeah. today so <laughs> let's talk about it how does that happen <laughs> Pino rode into the Trex one years and <laughs> he got slapped in the face. I feel like uh, I overanalyzed the situation a bit. I saw a situation where Thibaut Pino, he crashed earlier, he moves back up, and we see a Trek rider taking his hand to the right to try and take a musette, but there's still a gap there. And he looks back and he sees Pino moving up on his right behind, in between the Swanier and himself, and it seems like the Trek rider kind of says, okay, I won't take the Musette then, but as a consequence, the Swanier is still standing there with his Musette, so I think it's just a very unlucky accident from all situations. Yeah, Pinot could have seen it, yeah, the Swanier could have seen Pinot coming, yeah, the Trek rider could have picked it up swiftly and made sure that it wasn't ahead of Pinot, but I don't think anyone's to blame here in this situation. Yeah, I think it just seems like really unfortunate timing. Uh, who I would like to see in the break, Carlos Verona, Matteo Jorgensen, Not happening. Uh, Bob Jungels, Louis Mankies, Warren Bargy, Tom Schkerns, uh Caruso's too close, Mike Woods, Kemner, the Yoni Zagira, Ben O'Connor, but he's pretty banged up, Morich, yeah. Latour, the Latour, Guerrero, Bonamour, just picking people that can climb now. But there's a lot of riders <laughs> that can win this stage. I, I really think if he's in decent condition, you have to let Verona try. And on the Mishev stage, if you're Movistar, I really don't see too much GC. I could be proven wrong. But I'm picking Yoni Zagira to win this. I think that's a good call, though. It's not oh, raining, It's hot, eh? isn't so... it? It's hot, isn't it? No, no, I rescind it, Kemna. I rescind it. <laughs> Kemna, Kemna I, I believe in Kemna. I think he might try again indeed. I also wanted to talk about um, Philipson for a second, now that we've chosen this. We've seen him now sprint for an intermediate sprint three days ago. We saw him not sprint yesterday, and we saw him sprint again today for the intermediate sprint. At the end of the stage, you mentioned, okay, green's dead for him. Like He also low-key killed his green ambitions himself, in my opinion, because of the inconsistency of sprinting for green points. Well, yeah, because green isn't over until Wout's in Paris. So there is a reason to stay in second, as Michael Matthews showed when he won green, like you should stay in second, uh, but he's 40 points behind, 47 points behind Fabio. All those points, I'm pretty sure, are just from avoiding intermediate sprints. I think if he contested all the intermediates, he'd be about equal with Fabio. So 
he's kind of sold his own green. I don't. Maybe he'll make up those points on Jakobsen. Maybe Jakobsen OTLs. But um, I think, yeah, probably he's thinking I need to get into second in case Wout gets uh, expelled for littering or DNFs or crashes or whatever. Um, but yeah, green. If Wout makes it to Paris, mathematically, assuming he contests all the intermediates that he should, um, it's over. He's won green. Okay, I believe you. I agree that Wout Finard has won green as long as he stays on the bike. It's um, with Wout Finard, we we don't often see him crash hard, except for that one time in the Tour de France where he had the proper serious accident. So. I low-key trust him to be able to finish this race, but Jumbo's riding very stressfully, right? Like, they need to position themselves at the front end. He not only has to do it for himself at every sprint, at every intermediate sprint, but also for Roglic, for, Pri- for Primoz, the same person. So, obviously, for Primoz and for Roglic. And Jonas Vingo as well. I also want to talk about, once again, today, the end of the stage, last climb, Primoz Roglic is not well positioned on the final climb. You think that, it's a different situation compared to the previous occasions where we had, where it's now he's in recovery and perhaps doesn't really try to stay at the front as much as, for example, a, a Cipresa or whatever, where he tried to be at the front but failed? Or do you think he's just failing at it? Um, I think he knows he couldn't really contest the finish and it was for wow. I think mm-hmm. Roglic is just trying his best out there. Um, he said yesterday at the finish where he only lost 12 seconds, did like six point four watts per kilo for 20 minutes, including a very high last four minutes. He said um, it feels like he's being stabbed with knives in the back every time he pedals. So I'm sure he was looking forward to a difficult stage today uh, rather than a big break going away. Um, I think he's just trying to survive and staying out of the way. And yeah, he. uh, but I agree, even if that wasn't the case, he struggles to hold wheels. Jonas is holding the wheel fine. He, He was in good position he just follows Pogacar. So, um, yeah, Vlasov, Benji, he looked better. I I think Bora are a pretty smart team. They're not going to shackle anybody in case Vlasov comes really good. Um, and he's just going to have to claw his own way back into GC. And Ineos is the one that I'm really, I really want to see what happens tomorrow. Which team of any would be the one to, to pace on Morshat tomorrow? Oh, like, I don't know if I see a team to pay. Like, the only team that I could think of is Pogacar if, if his family's at the top of the climb again. But outside of that, I don't see Jumbo pace on this climb. Like, unless they've got a master plan for tomorrow, I don't see that being the stage they can hit Pogacar on big time. Uh, when it comes to Ineos, I think if they pace, it's a fake pace, so the break would win. Like on um, What Sorry? On a Gual day with a team that fake paced. Exactly. Perfect example. Was that the stage Lutsenko won as well? Yeah. Yeah. They, were, they did like five watts per kilo and Pelton was 35 deep. Uh, I think if the break is only at two minutes, Pog will ask for the stage win because he'll win the stage if the break doesn't win because it will yep. be a group of 10 to 15. He'll win the sprint on that 5K, 5% climb. So. Uh, Pog will win the win the stage if the break is too tight. Uh, he will be like, "Let's go. Let me get some free bonus seconds." Anyways, sir, he want to give the jersey away before we get to the proper outs. Uh, I don't reckon. I don't reckon. That'd only be one stage, right? It'd only be Mijev and 
Uh, you can give the state, you can give the jersey away on Majev anyway. I don't yeah, think he really cares. Um, he just if if the stage wins there, he'll go for it. I don't think I think he cares more than giving or keeping the jersey. Okay, I feel like um, I feel like he also hasn't had the real chance of giving it away as much, or uh, perhaps he did. He had an opportunity to do. <laughs> what yesterday? Yeah, whole... <laughs> That's why when people like you know Pagacha really Pagacha didn't want to win the stage. He was going to oh. let Leonard Kamner win it. It was only because Jonas attacked. I was like, bro, he had his whole team pace for five yeah. hours. He, he also then when Micah finished his pool started pacing. So Kamna didn't keep his gap. He wanted to win the stage. Like, let's be very clear. And that might happen tomorrow. So again, it might not be easy break. It may never be an easy break. Might be a battle before that last rest day. On the last rest day, we will do a full Giro Rosa wrap up. GC will be finished then. And we'll do a full wrap up on that rest day. Stay tuned for that. We haven't forgotten. We just want to collate it all and make sure we've watched everything because Benji and I, we're not, unfortunately, we're not just working on Tour de France stuff at the moment. We have some other things going on. Um, and I just, we don't want to just read the PCS results out to you being transparent we'd rather go back and make sure we've watched every stage uh to at least be able to comment on it on the monday rest day pod so thanks for bearing with us on that front thanks as well for supporting the show and we'll see you at the stage nine recap tomorrow ciao mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market 